0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and this morning we are going to be talking about the 10 most embarrassing money topics. I think this will be kind of a fun show today. I have with me Julie Chadwick. Hi Julie. Hi Mary. Julie is a financial planner with us at Stirk Financial and we spend a lot of time talking with people about money. And sometimes the conversations that we have with people about money are literally the only conversations that people have about money. And it's it's very liberating, I think, sometimes to actually be able to talk about something that is sort of a taboo topic.
1: Right. A lot of times people don't like to talk about it. So sometimes right. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised at things that they do share.
0: <laughs> yeah. Some people are just like eager to open up and talk about it. And some people are very reticent about it. Right. So, But we thought that it would be interesting to talk about what some of the most embarrassing Embarrassing money topics are because the truth is that things are really only embarrassing when you're afraid to shed light on them. And when you're willing to talk about things, they become less embarrassing and you generally realize if it's embarrassing for you, there's plenty of other people out there who probably are thinking and feeling exactly the same thing and just afraid to talk about it.
1: Right. And usually once you start talking about it, you realize it's not the worst thing in the world. Right. Yeah. There's
0: probably a solution. But until you shed some light on it, then the solution mm-hmm. going to be a little bit harder to find. Right. So. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive into what some of these top 10 most embarrassing money topics are. So. I think the the biggest one that people are probably a little bit ashamed or afraid to talk about is spending well above your means. Kind of keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a saying for a reason. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I think a lot of people do that. And, you know, I think people feel like they should have grown out of this problem or they should have this one figured out and, you know, just... People do funny things with money all the time. Sometimes it's trying to impress friends. Sometimes it's just trying to make up for something, I guess, emotionally that you're you're feeling upset about. But when you spend above your means, it definitely catches up with you. And I think that... Um, One of the biggest things that you have to do is to be honest with yourself and with others when you're thinking about making plans or going to do things. And push for things or activities that are going to fit your budget instead of putting a strain on it.
1: Right. Instead of trying to always be the one that wants to take the bill, you know, when you're, you know, the people that you're at dinner with maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, make twice as much as you, you know, just feeling that stress level. You need to be comfortable in yourself and not worry about
0: it. Right. And I see this happen with people um, when they're... approaching it it really can easily be sidestepped with a good dose of humor you know even if you're just joking around and saying well you know I can't do that I gotta pay the rent and and (laughs) it people probably understand that it doesn't mean you actually are trying to save those dollars to pay your rent but it does mean that you're being fiscally conscious with your money and that you're not willing to put that kind of strain on your finances and I think people generally speaking do respect that.
1: Absolutely. Once you bring it up and just let them know that, that it is a concern, people are not going to also put you
0: in a position to make you have to make hard decisions. Right. Exactly. All right. So the next issue kind of ties right into that one, and that's called debt because of overspending. <laughs> so if you've been guilty of living above your means, I'm guessing that you probably have uh, some credit card bills racked up, maybe more than you really want to admit.
1: Yeah, sometimes when you get to the point where you've got one or two credit cards and you have to look for another one to maybe look for a better interest rate to transfer them over,
0: Mm -hmm. that might be cause for concern. Yeah, so if you're playing the game of transferring balances from one credit card to another to get like a 0% interest rate for a period of time or something like that, and if it's not connected to some type of major purchase that was on purpose that you were going to handle it this way, if it's just day-to-day things or entertainment or vacation spending or things like that, that should be your red flag that you probably... Are guilty of this and have this debt because of overspending. But really nobody wants to talk about that, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When we have people come in to do financial planning, sometimes we have people that pay off their credit cards every month. And sometimes we have people that have 10 or even 15 credit cards that are maxed out and have balances on them. And they're looking at that and saying, "Should should I just cash out a bunch of my 401k to pay off this debt? If I could just get back to no debt, then everything would be okay.
1: Right. And a lot of times it isn't the solution because you might pay that down. But if you, unless you change your spending habits, you're just going to rack those bills right back up.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And so here's the thing that this is where some of the personal finance apps on your phone can come in really handy. If you really want to start getting a handle on your cash flow and where money's going, there are some really great apps that are out there. In fact, we've done some shows about them in the past. Mm-hmm. They're very helpful. but. When you find yourself in that place where you have debt because of overspending, it is an embarrassing place to, to be. And people definitely don't like to talk about it. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> Once you get yourself on track with a good budget, it actually is it's less stressful and you can actually enjoy more.
0: Yes. Now, there is a way out of that, and we call that a debt snowball. Um, That's something that we actually uh, learned the terminology from Dave Ramsey once Mm -hmm. upon a time. And the whole idea with a debt snowball is, is really getting honest with yourself about what the debt is that you have and what's the best plan of attack for paying it off. Now, you can create a debt snowball by paying a little bit over Minimum payments on different things. You can heap payments on something that has maybe the highest interest rate. Or one of the things that we have found is that even if you don't do it by paying off the highest interest rate first, but you structure your debt snowball so that you have the most wins as fast and as frequent as possible, then people tend to stick with that. And so, what I mean by a win is that. When you can actually pay off a debt, like pay off a credit card, clear it, get it to zero. So sometimes that means not just getting rid of the debt that's racked up on the highest uh, interest credit card, but if you can every two or three months literally get one of those credit cards to zero and then snowball that payment over to the next one, the more frequent your wins are, the more likely you are to stay excited about something that's not super fun to do in the first place.
1: keep you motivated to stay on track.
0: Exactly. Yeah. All right. Another embarrassing money issue that people are kind of loath to talk about is debt because of bad advice.
1: A lot of times, friends and family can be the number one source of that,
0: unfortunately. <laughs> I think a lot of people have probably listened to a tip from somebody that is a good friend or a family member, or maybe they've put money in a family business and it didn't work out so well. And so, One thing that you definitely are going to want to have is someone that you can talk to about the money advice you receive to make sure that when you're getting tips from people who aren't money managers or financial advisors or things like that, you have a place where you can kind of vet those ideas and see if they're solid.
1: Right. And there might be better solutions to what you're thinking too. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Now, along with the idea that friends and family and money really don't mix so well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth most embarrassing money to topic to talk about is loaning money to friends or family. I mean, Julie, I'm sure you've seen, you have a giant family, first I, of all. <laughs> I do, I do. And you
1: always want to help out. And that's usually the, the kind of the pitfall is you want to help out. But sometimes it's not just a Financially smart decision.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, you know, loaning money to someone, like you said, it's usually because you're doing it out of good, altruistic, loving reasons. And I have kind of a theory about loaning money to friends and family. And my theory is I would only give money, I will not loan money. So if I feel compelled by love <laughs> or generosity <laughs> to help someone, then I'm going to give it as a gift with no strings attached instead of a loan because it's the expectation of payback and the problems that can be caused when that doesn't happen that really does cause the shift in dynamic between friends and family, and that's what causes the problems.
1: Right, and you also don't want to strap yourself. Sometimes you want to help out, but it might strap yourself by doing so and then thinking that you can set up a loan or a payback system. Right. You're just setting yourself up for failure too.
0: We had a client that called um, just last week as a matter. Of fact: Their children are going through a divorce, um, and the their child would really like to keep the house in the divorce, but they don't have the greatest credit, and they're they don't really have the income that would support the mortgage for that house. So this parent was wondering: Should I go ahead and loan them the money myself, or should I go ahead and buy the house and they can pay you know the loan back to me? How will that affect my own retirement? And after looking at things, then it became pretty evident that that was probably not in their best interest to upset their own retirement apple cart for this. And then as we talked through it further, it became very clear that, you know, if they really don't have the income to support that big of a house once a divorce happens – They're kind of getting set up for failure. Right. right? And if they're just going to bail them out now,
1: they're probably going to be setting them up for the same situations down the road. Exactly. Sometimes this is where tough love comes in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I'm definitely an advocate of helping people and being generous with your money, but I'm an advocate of doing it as a gift rather than a loan so that you don't create these problems that we've all heard about. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Sterk, and today we're talking about the top 10 most embarrassing money topics. You know, I think it's kind of interesting that understanding all aspects of your financial life is really crucial to being confident about money, but often we're just really too embarrassed to talk about some of these kind of tough, crazy topics. In fact, there was a study done that said 44% of respondents out of 1,000 people Said that personal finances is the hardest topic to discuss, and guess what? It's followed by <laughs> <Politics>. death. <laughs> Yo, yeah, oh, you got it. Yeah, oh. politics and death; those are the two. <laughs> so we'd rather talk about death, <laughs> yeah, than personal finances. Our own finances yeah, <laughs> it kind of makes me question my choice of career sometimes. <laughs> if that's true, <laughs> but okay. So we've talked about some different things that are difficult to talk about, but. Let's jump in um, to a couple of things connected with credit. So, first of all, having a weak credit score can really put a damper on you know your lifestyle, and people don't like to talk about why or that they do have bad credit.
1: A lot of times, it could just be from a couple missed payments that got away from you, and you didn't get get them taken care of right away,
0: Mm -hmm. and that can really lower your score. Right, And, and this comes out and it becomes embarrassing when you're trying to do something like rent a place to live or buy a car or different things like that. And, you know, you can be a financially responsible person and just have a hiccup and all of a sudden your credit score is damaged. Right, so that's why it's important to always check it because
1: a lot of times there might be things that are on there that you have, true, you know, corrected and made all. Got rid of the debt. Right. Mm-hmm. But they haven't been reported to the credit bureau, so they haven't cleared it up.
0: Yeah. I remember um, a few years ago, I was looking at my own credit score and I'm like, well, why did it dip? I mean, I've always had a really good, strong credit score, and all of a sudden it dipped down about 50 points. And I'm like, well, what the heck? What would cause that? Well, turns out one of my credit card statements um, had come in the mail and it got messed in with a bunch of other mail and i forgot to pay that bill. Mm-hmm. So i here i am a financial planner. This is what i do for a living. <laughs> You'd think i'd be on top of this just like everybody else would like to be on top of their stuff, but occasionally you just miss something. And you know, no harm no foul. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't because i didn't have the money, but that one missed payment all of a sudden had a little bit of an impact on my credit score. So i made sure that i, you know, was very diligent and set up some systems to make sure that didn't happen again. But something like that isn't something that anybody really wants to talk about. And one of the things that happens that can create that is another embarrassing money topic. And that's just really the sheer number of credit cards (laughs) (laughs) that somebody might have. One
1: to two is probably adequate.
0: Yeah, it really is. And the thing that that you can kind of get hung up on sometimes is store credit cards. So store credit cards really don't do much of anything that boosts your credit. In fact, they can actually detract from your credit. But they might give you that 20% discount at the store on your purchase. That's right. (laughs) So take it and then cancel it. (laughs) (laughs) Because a credit card that's only good at that one store is not the credit card that you want to have in your wallet. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Another thing that people find difficult to talk about is the burden of having student loans. So I know a lot of people that are in their mid-40s that are still paying down their own student loans and they're afraid to talk about this. or embarrassed to talk about it. Thinking right? that they should have it played off by now
1: or that they exactly. not done their
0: job. Yes. And then we, we call this the, the sandwich generation because they're still paying down their student loans. And now they're taking out new loans to help their kids go through college. So they're sandwiched in between two generations <laughs> of college loans. And that's kind of a, a tough place to be. Right. So when you have higher education loans like that, the payments can be challenging, especially if you walked away with a lot of debt. And many people did.
1: And there's really almost no way that you can get out of having some kind of student loan with the cost of going to college these days, so right.
0: mm-hmm. me
1: just having a daughter graduate
0: from college,
1: <laughs> I fully understand that. <laughs>
0: you know what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: so it's just about managing that and making sure you got to teach your student along the way so they are become financially responsible and paying off these loans in a responsible manner.
0: Yes, exactly. You don't want to miss those payments, or if you aren't able to make a payment, you want to communicate with the loan departments and make sure that you get some type of forbearance set up or something like that that gives you the the ability to delay a payment without it impacting your credit in a negative way.
1: Right. A lot of times they're very flexible in helping you arrange payments that are going to work for you.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another embarrassing money topic is lack of savings. So uh, people often don't know how to save. It's not something that's necessarily ingrained, especially in the younger generations today. But people not having any kind of emergency fund is something that we're often afraid to talk about.
1: Right, and people, when you say, do you have an emergency fund, they're saying, for what? Well, how do you plan for an emergency. You can't plan for that.
0: Right, or they're like, well, I know I should have one. I've heard that, but God, I just haven't been able to set aside money for that. Listen, building your emergency fund is quite probably the most boring financial thing in the world that you can do there's nothing exciting about it (laughs) there isn't it's money that just sits there and hardly makes anything in a bank that's just designed to be safe for when you have an emergency (laughs) right so there isn't anything more boring about money than that
1: and planning on a credit card for that emergency fund isn't the best idea either. No, it's
0: not. And we see a lot of people do that. Right. But the key to saving and the key to building that emergency fund really is automation. So, having your bank automatically put aside a little bit of your income into a savings account each time you get paid, it really is going to be the most ideal way for you to do that if you're struggling with it. It's setting up good habits
1: and that discipline. And once you, you know, you can start off really small, maybe 1% to 2%, mm-hmm. and as you get older, more established, maybe you can increase that.
0: Yep, absolutely. Okay, another embarrassing money topic that people are a little bit loath to talk about is managing their 401k. So people tend to think that they should know how to do this, but they realize that they probably don't or they really don't want to. <laughs>
1: right. There's a lot of there's not a lot of information coming with them. A lot of education and what funds you should go into or Mm -hmm. how you should put your money away into those.
0: Yeah. So picking the funds in your 401k is something that most people don't feel like they're really highly educated about. And they also know that they're building up what probably is going to be one of their biggest pools of retirement money. And it's not really ever been managed thoughtfully.
1: Right. And a lot of times when you're 20, 30 years old, that is not top of mind is what your retirement pl- fund should right. be.
0: <laughs> yeah. But we talk to people who are in their mid-50s all the time that say, well, I picked my funds 15 years ago. I've never even looked at them since. I know I probably should, <laughs> but I just really haven't made that a priority. And, and they're kind of embarrassed to admit that, right? Right. And Especially it's really easy to fix. Yes, it is. But especially like higher level executives, you'd be surprised how many of them have taken the hands-off approach like that, and they know it's something they should be doing, but they just haven't addressed it. So the longer that you wait to address it, the less likely you are to address it. (laughs) All right. So that brings us then to the Mac Daddy of most embarrassing topics financially that people don't want to talk about. And that is talking to your significant other about money in general.
1: Usually it's a guaranteed argument. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: so most people would prefer to talk about anything else <laughs> of, other than money with their significant other. And part of the reason is because when you're raised differently, you have different views and values connected to money. And Most people don't really even understand their own views, but they think that they're right. Whatever they are, they're pretty sure they're right. and Their significant other might not be so right.
1: (laughs) So really, instead of communicating, you might just say, this is the way we're going to do it, or this is how I've always done it, Mm -hmm. instead of exploring options with your significant other, and maybe we should look at what's best for us now.
0: Right, exactly. And the thing about it is that you really have to get into some stickier, I guess, topics when you're talking about money with your significant other because it does come down to things like How do you want to spend your money short term? You know, do you want to splurge on this? Do you not want to? How do you want to do it long term? Is it important to save for long term or is it not? But then it starts coming down to things like do we want to spend this money on our kids or is it more important to save it? And I'm going to tell you that most people are not on the same page with their significant other when it comes to exactly how to spend money on a day to day basis. Right. And that communication is the
1: key, also helps out with the successful. Lifestyle, yes, with your does.
0: significant other, it does. So one of the one of the best things that we can suggest is that you actually set up a recurring conversation date, whether it's coffee date, wine date, dinner date, whatever, where you're having money as one of the primary topics of conversation, and you're probably going to be a little squirmy. <laughs> When you first start having these conversations, they're not going to be fun, but the more you open up and talk about how you feel about money and why you think these things about money, the more you shed light on it, the stronger the relationship will be, but also the stronger your own personal financial savvy will be. All right, we hope that you've uh, enjoyed listening to these and that maybe this has prompted you to take a little action with talking about some money topics yourself. And thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk.